Uh, Eastgate Church, are you in love with Jesus today? Let's stand up on our feet and let's give God one more shout of praise before we go any further in this service. Is he worthy or is he not worthy? Come on, let's give him a big shout. You guys watching online, where you're at right now, give God a big shout of praise. You guys can be seated if you can. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Thank you for tuning in and watching us online again. If you just hopped on online, remember to like and to share that live stream and help us reach as many people as we possibly can. Whew, it is the 12th. Christmas is coming up fast. Coming fast. Got your Christmas shopping done? <laughs> no. Show of hands. Who is done with everything? Two people in the whole room. Everybody else, we got a little bit to go. I get it. Thank God for Amazon, right? Man, I saw the Amazon trucks and vans just smoking up the road in the neighborhoods. I saw more. I think I almost saw more Amazon vehicles than regular vehicles on the road yesterday when I was out. It was insane. But uh, um, good luck with getting all your shopping done. I love this series that we're in right now. Listen, if you are part of what's happening here at Eastgate Church, which is really all of us, uh, before we get into this message. Let me encourage you, be at the Elevate Christmas party tonight, even if you're not in-house today and you're watching online, like I know several of us are, because we've got some people traveling and coming back in later today and some people out sick. We just be healing over you as a church body in the name of Jesus right now. Um, but be here tonight. It's going to be a great time for us to get together as a family and just hang out. We don't get to do that enough. It's going to be time for us to hang out, have some fun, and, and just kick back by the fire pit, eat some really good food. We're going to have some good food tonight. So if you're a volunteer or a team member or a leader in the church, please be here. And then just like any Elevate night that we have, if you want to show up, come hang out. You're part of the family too, and we're going to have a blast tonight. And that's another reason why I'm so excited about this brunch of Christmas Cheer, is that what it's called coming up? Uh, I'm a, that's a hilarious name, by the way. Uh, but it, this, that's going to be a great Sunday for us that are in town and not traveling for Christmas to be able to come get together and just eat some good food and fellowship and hang out as a church body on that Sunday. It's not going to be a heavy service. It's going to be focused more on us hanging out and having fun than anything else and just celebrating Jesus and talking about all the fun stuff that we got to that we got for Christmas and, and all that. It's, it's going to be a great day. Good food. So make sure that you're there for that if you're in town. Christmas is. Christmas is. Christmas is what? It's a good question. Christmas is what? And Christmas means different things for different people. This time of year, uh, for some of us, Christmas means travel. How many of y'all are traveling for Christmas this year? There's a few of us in here, and you guys online, people are already traveling uh, to go be with family. Some of us, Christmas means being with family, and that can be good or that can be challenging, <laughs> depending on uh, what your family dynamic is. But um, some, some people, Christmas, it means uh, staying at home with family, presents. For some people, Christmas means a whole lot of shopping. For a lot of us, Christmas means putting more money on the credit card than we probably should. I know that's not anybody in here this morning. Um, I've been guilty of that in the past. And I, I listen, I encourage you, don't fall into that trap. My goodness. And for a lot of people, though, Christmas is a reminder, though, of what we don't have. 
because we'd like to give things to people and we don't have the financial means to be able to do it. And while everybody else is celebrating, you're looking at the budget and thinking of all the things that you would like to give to those that you love. Let me encourage you not to fall into that trap either and feel the pressure of society to give something to somebody else. Christmas is not so much about the giving of gifts. It's about the celebration of the ultimate gift, and his name is Jesus. So if you can't afford to give your kids toys, make sure you're giving them Jesus. And if you can't afford to give your family what you want to give them, give them what's most important this year and give them Jesus. Amen? Give them Jesus. Um, Christmas means a lot of things to a lot of people. But to me, especially in this time of year, I think it's good for us to get a little reminder today that Christmas is good news. Christmas is good news. It's good news. And this time of year, I know there's so many distractions and really like clockwork in almost every church in America right about this time of year. You're going to hear a pastor say something along these lines. Christmas is not about the commercialism. Christmas is not even about the travel or the pressure to be this and go there and do that. And all the busyness that comes with this season, Christmas is about the good news of Jesus and the gift that he is to us. And today, I kind of want to get back to the basics and I want to just talk about the fundamentals of what this season is all about. You know, Michael Jordan, oh my goodness. When you think about basketball... Michael Jordan is the man. He's the man. Look, you can talk to me about Kobe, and Kobe did some great stuff. You can talk to me about LeBron. He's a crybaby, but he can play some ball. That's fine. We'll find out what team he's going to be playing with this month. He likes to hop around. I get that. Jordan was the man, though. If Jordan played in today's basketball league, he would average like 75 points a game. It was insane. He played basketball when basketball looked a lot like football. They were fouling, playing dirty ball, you know. He's the man, though, but he was the man because he always stuck to the fundamentals. People would ask him, why are you as good as, as you are? And a lot of them would attribute it to natural talent and gifting, which the guy had. But he worked harder than just about anybody in the game. And he always practiced the fundamentals. And he would practice this move called a triple threat. And you guys that play ball, either in, in high school or grade school or college, you probably got taught this move because Jordan made it famous. He'd sit there wherever he was with this ball, and he'd make a move. And if the defender went to the left, Jordan would go to the right, just like that. And if the defender went to the right, Jordan would switch over and go to his left and beat him to the basket every time. And if he'd make a move and the defender would back up, Jordan would just take the shot right over him because he had a clear shot every time. And if he didn't get what he wanted, he would pass the ball off. I mean, he was so automatic with it because he was versed in the fundamentals of the game. He didn't get distracted and he didn't get sloppy. And I think it's important for us to visit the fundamentals of our faith from time to time. Listen, so we don't get distracted, so we don't get sloppy, so that we remember what this thing is is all about, and especially in this season, it's great to be reminded that Christmas is about the good news of Jesus. Amen? Are y'all with me this morning? Listen, um, good news is quite often, I'm going to bounce this to you, there you go, that's yours for the rest of the service. Christmas is about the good news. Good news is usually painted on the backdrop of bad news, though. And for... Israel, at the time of Jesus' birth, 
It was a season of bad news. It's a season of bad news. They had not heard from the Lord, hadn't heard a word from God in over 400 years. Israel was occupied by Rome, so they weren't even like a free country to be able to do what they wanted to do. They were under the subjugation of Rome. And they couldn't even really worship God the way that they wanted to because they were so weighed down by the legalism and religion of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, giving them a thousand hoops to have to jump through to even do anything to honor God with their lives. It was not a good season of life. And so for us to say that the gospel or Christmas is is good news, it was really good news for them. And we're going to look at Luke chapter 2. Starting at verse 8, just go back in time to when this good news was first announced. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. No, duh. I mean, can you imagine that? They are out in the field, you're a shepherd out in the field, and it's quiet. The stars are in the sky. Okay, you're sitting around the fire, and you can hear the sheep doing what they do in the background, and it's quiet. And you're having your evening coffee or whatever it is, and then all of a sudden, the radiance of the glory of the Lord. You know how bright that had to be? How bright the glory of the Lord? It's like, bam! Suddenly, it is... Daytime, even though it's the middle of night, shining with the glory of God, and there's an angel there. Man, you know I was not here because if I had been one of those shepherds in this story, there would be a couple of extra sentences in this passage of Scripture, and it would say, and one of the shepherds jumped up and ran like crazy back to Bethlehem, screaming the whole way. Because can you imagine seeing an angel just appear out of nowhere. They were terrified. Yeah, I'm sure they were. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. Everybody say good news. That will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. That is great, great news. Great news for them then. It's great news for us today because I don't know if you looked at the world lately. There's still some pretty bad news out there. The world's still in pretty bad shape today. And the reason why is because it's still broken and fallen in the same sin that it was back then. But the good news is that Jesus is still that good news today. He's still that hope today. He's still that salvation today. He is still the payment for the penalty of sin that resides in our lives today. He represents the grace of God, the perfect gift to us, the good news of the gospel. That's what Christmas is all about. So we can't forget this stuff. We can't forget this stuff and forget what this is all about and get caught up in all the busyness and the travel and not hit the brakes And say, God, thank you for the good news that we have because you sent your son to pay the price for our sins. That's good news. 
That is good news. Christmas is good news because we had no hope. It's good news for us personally because we had no hope. I don't know if you can just stop for a second for some of us. It may have been a while. Some of us, it may have just been a few weeks or a few months. But stop and think about your life before you surrendered it to the Lord. Think about your heart before Jesus came in and became your Lord and Savior. Before he healed and restored and did all the work that he did. Before that peace came in and that purpose and that life. He crossed over from death to life. Remember what it was like before then. We were hopeless. And the world out there that doesn't know Jesus today is just as hopeless as we used to be. You know, and that's why Christmas is good news to us because it's a time for us to stop and remember what our life was like before the precious gift of Jesus entered into it. Ephesians chapter 2 gives us a reminder of this in verse 1. He says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. We were all dead, not physically dead, but spiritually dead on the inside before Jesus brought us back to life. Each and every one of us were that way. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, he goes further and he says, all of us, everybody say all of us, used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. We were all in the same boat. We were all in trouble because of the sin in our lives. We all had no way of escape. We were all going to hell because we all deserved to go to hell because of the sin that was in our lives. That's what we deserve to get. That's what we deserve to get. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, you deserve to go to hell. Some of y'all smiled a little bit too much when you said that. <laughs> maybe, maybe I started something in the living room at home. Uh, you guys can, you can call me and we'll set up some marriage counseling. It's only $750 an hour here at the church for me to do that for you. I'm kidding. We don't charge for that. But we all deserve to go to hell on our own. On our own. But Christmas is good news that God loved us too much to leave us the way that we were. And he sent his son Jesus to die for us, each and every one of us. If you ever wondered how much you're worth, look at the cross. Too many times we look at the cross, and, and, and I don't know if it's because of perception or because of how things were preached or how we were taught sometimes in different church circles. When we look at the cross... Too many times it's a reminder of our shame and our sin and what we've done. And in some respect, I guess it should be that way because it's the reality of what the cost of our sin was, the life of Jesus. But on the other side of it, it shows you what you're worth. It shows you how much God loves you. And it shows you how much he values you. And that's why it's such 
good news to me because I remember how hopeless I was. I remember how lost I was. I remember how frustrated I was. And no matter what I did, I couldn't get the peace that I needed in my life and I couldn't get the wholeness or the completeness. I could get high for a little bit. I could get drunk for a little bit. I could have fun for a little bit, but it would only last for so long and that sin that I was caught in would take me further and further and further down that pit of despair that I was trapped in. And it wasn't until Jesus came into my life that everything changed. And I praise God for the gift that comes. This, we're reminded of this time of year because we were all hopeless without him. I'm so grateful. Another reminder about Christmas and how it's good news. Christmas is good news because God had a plan. God had a plan. Like I said earlier, he didn't want to just leave us the way that we were. He loved us too much to leave us. God loves you as you are where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. Amen? Amen. He loves you too much to leave you that way. God had a plan. And I got good news for you today. When God's got a plan, there's nothing. There's nothing that can keep God's plan from taking place. When God makes a promise, it will be fulfilled. When God has a plan, it will take place. Every time. And it's funny when you look back through history and you look through scripture, you can see kind of uh, a struggle taking place between Satan and God on, on almost like the game board of this world. And it's like almost like Satan was trying to play a chess game with God throughout history and throughout Scripture. You can see different moves that each one would make, and God was always making sure that his plan was always going to take place because um, as, as crafty and as deceitful as he is, I think the devil has a little bit of a learning disability because he never was able to figure out that he couldn't outdo God. He could never do that. So God created the heavens and the earth, and Satan got full of himself, and he said, I'll make myself like the most high God. I'm going to take his place. And he deceived a third of the angels. And God said, that's not going to happen. So he makes a move, and he kicks Satan out of heaven. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That's how fast God kicked his rear end out of there. Just like that, boom, a lightning flash, gone. So God goes to Adam and Eve, his creation, and he builds a relationship with them, and he walks with them in the cool of the day. Man created in his image and in his likeness. And Satan says, they're in the image and likeness of God. They have dominion over the earth. If I can deceive them, and trick them into falling into sin, then I can control them, and I can have dominion over the earth in their place because they'll be subjugated to me. So he makes a move in the Garden of Eden, and he deceives Adam and Eve. They fall into sin. A power shift takes place. But God makes a move, and he steps in, and he starts the practice of sacrifice and the shedding of blood to cover the sin of mankind. See how it goes back and forth? So Satan makes a move, and he deceives Cain into killing Abel because he wants to cut off the bloodline. So God makes a move, and through Seth, he's able to turn the hearts of men back to him. So 
Satan makes a move again, and through a guy named Nimrod, he gathers together the people of the world in unity, and they begin to build the Tower of Babel. You guys heard of that, right? So they build the Tower of Babel, but they're doing it to establish a one-world religion in opposition to God. God makes a move and says, that's not going to happen. So he knocks it down. He confuses the people with different languages and scatters them out to the othermost parts of the earth and breaks up the unity that was there. Then he turns and he goes to a guy named Abraham and he says, I'm going to use you to create a people of my own. And through you, I will birth a nation unto myself. And I will be their God, and they will be my people. And I will lead them into a land that I have for them. Satan makes a move and says, I want to keep that from happening. So he gets Israel into bondage in Egypt. So now they're slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. God says, that's not going to play. So he makes a move. And he goes to a guy named Moses, and he says, Moses, you go to Pharaoh, and you tell him, I said, to let my people go. And Moses leads the people of Israel then, and Joshua takes them on into the promised land to set up in the place that God said that they would have from the beginning. Back and forth, all through Scripture, you can see the play between Uh, Satan and God, and God saying, no, you will not thwart my plan. My plans will always prevail. So God finally says, I've done enough work through people. It's time for me to show up and do this myself. So he does the unimaginable, and the eternal God sends his one and only son to this earth, wrapped up in flesh. Catch that for a second. The immortal everlasting, all-powerful, eternal God limits himself to mortal flesh and is born into this earth to be the gift of all gifts, to be the good news of all good news for all mankind. And then Satan says, I've got to stomp this out. So he makes a move through Herod to kill all the young children in the land. So God sends an angel and says, Mary and Joseph, y'all need to pack up and get out of town now to protect the child. So they do that. Later on in life, Satan figures Jesus is here. He's wrapped up in flesh. So he makes a move and he says, if I can tempt him like I tempted Adam, I can get him to fall into sin just like Adam did. And I can stop the plan of God and put this under my authority too. So he goes to Jesus in the wilderness when Jesus is at his physically weakest point and begins to tempt him but what he didn't realize was that when you're weak in your flesh you're strong in your spirit and Jesus shot him down every time by speaking the word of God Satan would tempt him and he said it is written it is written it is written and he stopped him and so Satan got frustrated and said well if I can't tempt this guy and I can't get him to fall into sin then I've got to kill him before he's able to establish the kingdom of God on this earth and do do what he's supposed to do. So he deceives the Pharisees and the Sadducees and he turns them against Jesus and they begin to plot his death and an innocent man is sentenced to death. And Jesus is hung up on a cross, crucified, innocent, spotless, blameless lamb of God. And then he breathes 
his last breath. And with his last breath, he cries out, It is finished. It is finished. Now, let's take a little bit of poetic license here. At the cross, he cries out, It is finished. And you can hear almost every demon in the world shouting and just a roar of, of celebration is starting. And Satan is kind of chuckling too. And then something doesn't just, just doesn't sit right with him. And he stops for a second. And he says, why did he say it is finished? Why didn't he say, Father, I'm sorry I failed? Why didn't he say, we almost did what we came here to do? He said, it is finished it is finished because here's what satan didn't realize because in this game of chess that he was playing with god he was the pawn the entire time because the bible says that the lamb of god was slain from the foundations of the earth because god had a plan for our redemption before our creation that's how awesome god is and he used Satan as a tool. He made a mockery out of his best effort. He had no idea. He didn't even realize that the game was over before it started. And three days later, Jesus rose up from the dead with the keys of death, hell, and the grave with our freedom, with our salvation, with our forgiveness. And he said, it is over. It was over before it started because God had a plan. Give him praise in this place. That is awesome to me. Christmas is good news because God had a plan. God had a plan, and he still got a plan for your life today. Listen, you may be here, you may be watching online, you might be listening to this later on in the week or sometime next year, and you feel like you've completely blown it. I got good news for you. God knew you were going to make the mistakes that you made. I saw this thing floating around on Facebook, and it cracked me up. It said that God figured in your stupidity before he called you. Isn't that great news? He knew what he was getting the entire time. He knew what you were capable of. He knew the mistakes that we would make. He knows that we can't do it on our own. That's why we need him to strengthen us, to be able to stand on our own spiritually. Listen, you're never so far gone. You're never so far gone that God can't use you. You never fall so far that God can't redeem you. And you may feel like you don't have what it takes anymore. And you may feel like you don't have, your, your life is in pieces and in shambles. And you may feel like you don't, you just, you have done too much and blown it too much for God to be able to use you again. And I'm here to tell you that when Jesus died on that cross, he died for you today. He died for you today and all the mess and all the mistake and all the pieces because he knew who you were and he still got on that cross 
anyway. And the same blood that forgave us then forgives us now. And the same blood that heals then still heals now. And God can put back the pieces. God can put it back together. He can get you back on track. If you're still breathing, he's not done with you. There is a plan and purpose for your life. Let me challenge you to get back up off the ground, to dust off your knees, and get back to walking towards who God has called you to be. Don't sell out your life. Get back up and let God's plan be fulfilled in and through you. Because nothing, nothing can stop the plan of God when it's in motion. Nothing except our choice to tap out. Don't tap out. Keep going. Amen? Amen. Christmas is full of good news. The gospel actually means good news. Good news. It is good news that he made a way where there was no way. That he reached down into the mess of our lives and picked us up and cleaned us up and washed us up and put us his robe of righteousness on us and said, you are my people. I am your God. You are my children. I am your father. What a, what a great time of the year to celebrate what he has done in our lives. Isaiah 53, verse 5 tells us what Jesus did for us. It says, but he was pierced. For our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. By his wounds we are healed. We've got so much to celebrate this time of year. And Jesus is still God's gift and answer today. Jesus is still God's gift and answer today. I love that his blood hasn't lost one ounce of its strength. I love that the price that he paid, he paid once and for all. For all people, for all time. That any who call on the name of the Lord can be saved. I love these passages of scriptures. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Not God's heart to condemn us, but that through his Son, we might receive the forgiveness of sin and salvation. That's what Christmas is all about. There's a photo I'm about to show you. Go ahead and put it up. This is so powerful to me when I look at it. It's the picture of the manger. It's the picture of the tomb. Two of the most powerful pictures of promise that you can have. Jesus came to this earth to be wrapped up in flesh, not just to die for our sins, but to know what it was like to be you and to be me, to understand what it was like to be tempted, to understand what it was like to be betrayed, to be hung out to dry, to be hurt, to have sore muscles and sore joints, to understand what it was like to have a human existence. So that when he died for us, he wasn't just a redeemer, but that he was a kinsman redeemer, familiar with our sufferings and what we would have to go through. That's how thorough he was. 
What a powerful, powerful moment when the angels announced the good news. What a powerful moment when that little Lamb of God closed his eyes and went to sleep for that first time in the manger. He breathed his first breath. What a powerful moment all those years later when he would breathe his next breath as his body was resurrected in the tomb. Christmas is good news because it represents the gospel of hope. Everything, everything that, everything, why we're here today. I think in church world sometimes we, we get so caught up with the workings of ministry and the next outreach and, and there's nothing wrong with being focused on those things or the next service or we've got to get things done so that we can be in church because good Christian people go to church and I think all of that is way off base. We've got to remember the why behind all of the things that we do. And he's in that little manger and he walked out of that tomb. His name is Jesus. It's everything. It's everything. And I don't know about you, but when I start to think about the magnitude of what God did, the magnitude of what was playing out when Jesus was born, what it signaled, what that announcement meant, what that good news, that good news that was announced over 2,000 years ago made all the difference in my life. And it's the reason why I'm here today. And it's the reason why some of you are still alive. And it's the reason why you guys are off drugs and why your marriages are restored and why your life is healed. And why, it's why you're here today. It's why you're watching right now. That good news. And I can't, I can't think about the price that was paid and what it meant and how the good news has changed my life without wanting to give God all of my praise and all of my life and everything everything that I am because he's everything to me I just thought it was appropriate in a service like this while we're reflecting on everything that Jesus has done and celebrating that good news that we take a moment and just give up and just just take a moment to worship him and thank him for the price that he paid thank thank God that he didn't give up on us and just start over and condemn us all to go to hell but he loved us too much to leave us where we were and pay the ultimate price when was the last time you thought about that when was the last time you reflected on that to think that the eternal God cared enough about you to send his only son to die for you and what that's meant in your life and where you'd be today if it wasn't for him but praise God for the good news praise God for his work in your life praise God for his work in my life I just want to praise God today. So I want everyone in this place, if you can, to stand up to your feet. The band's going to lead us in a song, and I just want us to praise God and give Him the praise that He's due for the good news that we have because of the work that He's done in our lives, for the hope that we have today through the blood of Jesus, that it's not too late, that it's never too late to start again, that His mercies are new 
each and every day and his grace can cover and restore he is still the same God that sent his son then he is his blood is just as powerful today as it was then and that is worthy of praise it's worthy of glory and it's worthy of honor so all across this place I want to challenge you just close your eyes forget about the people that are around you and focus on God focus on Jesus and think about that good news that we have and for the next few minutes let's give God all the praise that he deserves
Oh, Jesus, we thank you so much for the good news that we have in you. The beginning of your life, for the promise that came with it, for the price that you paid, Father. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God, it's our heart that we not just worship you for that in a moment in a service like right now, Lord, but that our whole lives, that our whole lives are an act of worship to you. To put a smile on your face and everything that we say and that we do, Father, that we remember that we were bought with a price, that we belong to you, that all of this season is because of <laughs> the good news that you had not given up on us. Lord, we give you glory and we give you praise. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's give God some praise in this place. Uh, you can be seated if you can. Reminders like this are great because it helps to, to ground us and get us back to the basics. And it's a great reminder of what Jesus has done for us. And it's also a reminder that this is a gift that we can't keep to ourselves, guys. And people watching online, listening to this later, Eastgate Church, we cannot keep the good news to ourselves. The good news is meant to be shared. The good news is meant to be shared. Jesus did all of that for us. <laughs> Before he ascended into heaven, he turned around and he looked at the church, which is him looking through time to us today. And he said, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. The gospel to all creation. The good news is meant to be shared. And that's what today is all about. And Christmas offering that we're about to receive. You can go ahead and prepare for that now. I know some of us are giving online today and some of us are giving in-house and I want us to, if you would, go ahead and put the online information up on the screens and for people watching online, let's put that on there as well. You can give by going to eastgatechurch.cc and clicking the giving link and giving there. You can note it Christmas offering or you can give to the 12 Stones Fund if you want to. Text Eastgate GA to 77977. Follow the prompts and you can give there. It's very important in moments like this that we don't disengage. The big mistake that churches make is we think that somebody else is going to step up and do it and it's going to be enough. And it's only enough if we all do our part. Amen? It's the only way that it really works that it's at the body we come together to do this. Now think back with me for a second it's amazing how quickly time goes by and how quickly we forget what God has done in and through our church you realize it was just a few months ago that we were talking about taking the next step as a church and and breaking free from this slump that COVID had had us in and just deciding to step up and move out in our community and make a difference for the gospel of Jesus Christ listen to me Eastgate Church remember just a few months ago, we talked about launching new ministries, and I'm here to tell you that we have launched those seven strategic ministries that are making impacts 
in our church and in our community today. The vision is happening. Okay, Don't ever let it become commonplace. Don't ever get used to it. This is exciting. What we were talking about and praying about is happening today, ladies and gentlemen. We're impacting our community. We're reaching other churches. We're training leaders in other organizations out of this church right now in Douglasville. Don't forget, it's crazy how God brings connections to you when you're not even looking for it. And remember that God brought us a great connection with a local radio station and the owner of that station, 104.5 My City. Listen, we're not just buying ads to promote our church on that station. We are partners in ministry with this station impacting our community today. Praise God for that. That is huge. That is a huge platform of ministry we were never looking for. But God's plans are always going to happen. Hey, we're going to walk through every door that He opens up for us. Let me read some of this stuff to you. This is amazing to me. It was just a couple of months ago we had Fall Fest. Over 2,000 people from our community came to our campus to hang out with us on Halloween night. Now stop and think about how awesome that is. That is amazing. Y'all acting like church people. I want some fired up, excited about what God is doing in their life, people. Can we do that? Let me say that again, all right? Don't mean to offend you. That was pathetic. We had over 2,000 people show up on campus. That is amazing to me. We were thinking, hey, let's go big and let's, let's, let's plan for 500 people from the community. And then we watched how God was growing it. And we watched how many people were registering. And we said, okay, well, maybe this is going to be uh, close to 1,000 people. Nope, it's going to be close to 1,500 people. We had well over 2,000 people show up on campus and they got to feel and see the love of God from a church. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'll tell you another story in a second that's going to blow you away. That's just the start of it. So then we partnered with 104.5 My City. We partnered with the Douglasville Police Department and Sheriff's Department and Fire Department. Y'all remember this? And we gave away free gas and free turkeys to our community. And they could not believe that a church cared enough to do that. It's amazing. I love that. And, and then... We did our annual outreach that we do with the pantry. We went in and we served with them and Eastgate Church. We got to help provide Thanksgiving dinners for over 485 families for Thanksgiving this year. That is just awesome. That is just awesome because the vision is happening. Now you realize this is not something we're talking about. This is something we are seeing happen right in front of us. Praise God for what He's doing. Next week, we get an opportunity to reach some more people for Jesus. Next week, it's going to be the Winter Wonderland at Eastgate Church. What does that mean? This is what it means. It's going to start off Okay, at 9.30 in the morning for us here with Donuts with Santa. Why Donuts with Santa? Because it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Well, I don't think your church should have a Santa Claus in it. You know what? Send me an email. I'll put it in the trash. It's fine. See you Here's why. Because people in the world love to have their kids take photos with Santa. 
And I'm giving you a tool to use to get people that you know to show up early Sunday morning so that their kids can get free photos with Santa. That's what we're doing. What's the big deal with that? Well, if they're here getting photos with Santa, then they might as well hang out for service. And oh my gosh, do we have a powerful service ready for next Sunday? It is going to be amazing. Our kids have been working hard putting together a special Christmas presentation. It's going to be awesome. we got some awesome videos that we're going to show you. And I have got a volcano of a word burning up in my heart that I cannot wait to let out. People are going to get saved next week by the dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens. All for the glory of God. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. How, how is that many people going to get saved? Because we are going to invite and bring as many people as we possibly can and watch God rock their worlds. Amen? Everybody watching online, this is, this is one of the biggest opportunities we have as a church to reach our family and to reach our friends because everybody understands Christmas. Everybody understands Christmas. And about 80% of the people that you know will come to church with you if you just invite them because it's Christmas. Because it's Christmas. And we're going to be praying and we're going to be fasting all week long and we're going to be believing for a powerful encounter with God. They're going to show up because you invited them and they have no idea that their lives are never going to be the same again because of what Jesus is going to do in their hearts. Are you catching it like it's burning in me today? I, this week is going to be so amazing and that's just the service. After service, we've got the icing on the cake, which is a huge outreach to our community. Well, why didn't we promote the service to the community like the outreach to the community? Because we're not ready to do 1,800 services here on Sunday morning right now. That's why. We're going to have Winter Wonderland after service. The community is going to show up, and it's going to be awesome. People are going to get saved here. Then we're going to go out there and celebrate. And it's going to be like Fall Fest times two. Okay, you guys that were here for Fall Fest. It's going to, listen, we've got horse rides. Woo! That's going to be awesome. We've got a petting zoo for the kids. We've got the bounce houses and the inflatable slides and all the games. Listen, a fire pit with s'mores. It's going to be double stocked and ready this time around. It's going to be awesome. Listen, a hot chocolate bar. All your hot chocolate fantasies can come true. As long as they're PG-13. Holy cow. Got to be careful how you say that. Um, it's going to be amazing, though. And the food. Free food. I'm telling you what to tell your people when you invite them. Free food. Listen. Fresh, smoked barbecue will be given away to people. I mean, good stuff. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Corn dogs and hot dogs and grilled cheese and Christmas cookies. and all. It's, it's going to be amazing. Why? Because we don't want to love on our community in a substandard way. We want to operate with excellence in what we do. And if you're going to show the love of Jesus to somebody, then by God, let's show the love of Jesus to people with excellence. Amen? So we're going to do it with excellence. And it's going to be amazing. Listen to this. This is, it's, this is honest moment. This is freaking me out just a little bit. We've been tracking the numbers of online 
pre-registration to this event, right now, they're trending much higher than the online pre-registration for Fall Fest. That is amazing. See, that church spirit crept back in here. I need some on-fire, excited people. And this is what I'm saying. This is awesome. You start to think about this. There's going to be a lot of people here next Sunday, which tells me a couple of things. One, promotion works. <laughs> Prayer works. But here's what's cool. We are establishing a good reputation in our community. And they know when Eastgate Church does something, it's going to be done right. And they can trust us enough to bring their families here. That's powerful. Because later, that's going to translate into them trusting us enough to bring their families to service. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So, this offering that we're about to take is to help provide funding for outreaches like this. And we talked a few months ago when we launched these next steps for our church and we called it the 12 stone vision for our church, these next steps and the vision that God's given us. Part of what we were giving to, we were giving to fund the outreaches that we were going to be doing as a church. And not just the radio station and the upgrades to the building, but the outreaches too. And, and it's a huge part of it. We saw a better response than we anticipated to Fall Fest. Okay? And so we invested more money than we anticipated in the Fall Fest. But praise God for that. That is a great problem to have. That is a great problem to have. What we want to do is have an amazing offering today so that we can continue to operate in outreaches at this level with our community for the winter wonderland and going into 2022 what we're doing okay you see the impact that dollars are having and changed lives you see this you see this right so this is what we've been asking people to do we started talking to you about this offering before thanksgiving asking you to pray and prepare and i know life happens and some of y'all probably sitting here this morning going oh yeah i forgot today's today it's cool <laughs> it's fine what we're asking you to do is this take a moment pray right now and give what God lays on your heart to give I would love to see everyone in here give their very best to the Lord now we're spending tons of money on Christmas right now and there's nothing wrong with that and some of us will go into crazy credit card debt to buy toys for nieces and nephews that they're not going to play with in three months from now and when someone like me stands up and says hey we're making a difference in our community. Let's give big so we can continue to do it. For some reason, people shut guys like me off. Listen, I think that we have proven as a church that you can trust what we're doing with the finances that you give. And if you don't trust us, hey, come hang out with me after service. I'll show you the books and show you where every penny goes. We got nothing to hide here. You are part of a church that wants to turn Douglas County and the surrounding areas upside down for Jesus. And every penny of this offering is going to go to fund the outreaches of our church. Impacting lives. But moments like this matter. They matter. They matter for you. They matter for me. Well, Pastor Josh, how much are you giving? I'll tell you how much we're giving. This is what I believe personally. I believe that if you're a leader, you don't ask people to do something that you're not willing to do. 
And I believe that if you're a leader, you go above and beyond to set the standard and set the example for the people that you lead. And to honor the call of God that he's put on your life. Kelly and I are going to give one week's salary to this offering because we believe in the outreaches of this church. And we know that money invested is going to turn into souls saved and lives changed for the kingdom of God. Now that's what we're doing. I don't have to tell you that, but I'm telling you that to know that I'm not just up here saying, do this, and then I'm sitting back with no skin in the game. I'm putting all my skin in the game because I want to see God impact and change lives. And I want to challenge you to do your best for the kingdom of God. For some of us, that's $20. And don't think that your $20 doesn't make a difference. Jesus looked at a, a widow who gave a small amount of money and an offering and said that she gave more than all the rich, the rich people that were giving great sums of money. Okay, It's in proportion to your obedience and doing what God lays on your heart to do. Now, I know we've already had people begin to give to this offering um, earlier in the week, and it's been awesome to see that. But I want us to have a strong, a strong offering today. Why? Because it makes a statement about us as a church. If we have a moment like this, and collectively as a church, we raise $250 to go to the outreach ministries of the church, that's awesome because we have $250 to do it. That'll, that'll get an inflatable bounce house or something. You know, that's great. That's part of the puzzle. But why have a $250 offering when we can give our best and we can have a $5,000 offering? Amen? See, that church spirit came back in here again. Why, why have a small offering when we can have a large offering? It makes a statement about us. It makes a statement about us. Okay? It makes a statement about us. So I want everyone to give your best, whether it means that you're giving online right now or you're going to give in-house. Ushers, if you will, come on up and let's prepare to receive the offering today. I want us to give our best. And listen, I don't believe in hype and I sure hate pressure. And I just, man, you know when people get up and they try to manipulate you into doing something, I just, I hate that junk. And that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to let you know I'm doing my best to be an example and I'm not asking you to do anything that I'm not doing. And I just want you to be obedient to give what God has laid on your heart to give. Some of you, $20 is an amazing sacrifice for some of us. We could write a check for two or $3,000 and it, it wouldn't even be a speed bump financially to your account. It's not about an amount. It's about obedience to what God is laying on our heart to do. Amen? Let me pray over this offering and let's give guys watching at home give online and let's give let's make a statement this makes a statement about us today father in the name of jesus i thank you for the opportunity that we have today for what we get to do in this moment <laughs> we, we get to fund outreaches we get to promote the good news of your gospel we get to put fuel in the tank of the motor that is driving outreach into our community that's producing fruit right now. Not someday, but today. It is making an impact for your kingdom. Lord, we never want to be a church 
that stands back and says, we love you while we let somebody else do what you have called us to do. Lord, we want to be the one church. If there's, if there's no other church, Father, and I know that there are, but we want to make sure that we're doing our part to reach our people that you've called us to reach, to do what we can to see countless families cross from death to life and receive that good news that only comes from you. God, I thank you by faith that today's offering is powerful. Lord, that it makes a great statement about us. Lord, that you're pleased, most of all, that you're pleased with everything that we do today because this is all for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you as you give this morning. Give just a, another minute or two for the ushers to work their way through. Did anybody get missed today? Because I saw the ushers walk through quickly. Anybody get missed that needs the ushers to come back through? Make sure that we don't miss you. All right, good deal. Ushers, thank you so much. Hey, ladies and gents, if we could, let's stand to our feet. Let's get ready to dismiss today. What a powerful day, huh? What a powerful day. What we just did today we are going to see the fruit of over the next months, over the next few months in our church. How powerful is that? It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. We don't just want you to give money you know, to, to outreaches and things. Listen, we've got a, a crowd of people that are going to show up next Sunday for this outreach. And here's what we want to give you the opportunity to do. Listen, we still need... Um, people to volunteer to help that day. It's an outreach. So after service, uh, we're going to turn around and probably grab a quick bite to eat from the food line and then get busy loving on our community. And we need as many people as we possibly can. And I know several of you have already volunteered to serve in a time slot at the outreach um, next Sunday. But a lot of you haven't. And so I want to remind you, hey, listen, participate. Get some skin in the game. Don't just sit back and celebrate us reaching people for Jesus. Help us reach people for Jesus. When I say help us, I mean us. Because we're all family together in this together. Amen. So Rachel's at the back and she's going to be she's going to be a starving bald eagle swooping down on you like vulnerable salmon in a river. <laughs> trying to <laughs> try, trying to get you to volunteer. Trying to make a joke out of it. But listen, don't quickly run by her. Um, stop for a second if you haven't volunteered and sign up for just a little bit of time. A little bit of time can make a big difference in somebody's life. Amen? And don't forget to bring as many people as you possibly can next Sunday. It is going to be powerful. It is going to be awesome. And lives are going to be changed. I love it. Good news. Everybody say good news. That's what it's all about. Father, thank you for a powerful day in your presence. For these awesome people for everything that you've done, for this reminder of what the season is about, the good news of Jesus, for a powerful offering to glorify you, or for people signing up after service for a great outreach, for all of us coming back tonight for a great Elevate Christmas party. Lord, we just give you praise for a great day as a family of believers in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, everyone, for watching online. We love you. We'll see you next week.